Welcome to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks, and today in the studio, we have Christy Phillips from over at Tennessee Tech, and I'll let her tell you a little bit about her job as we go on, but uh, also got my guest host, Mackenzie Vester, back in the house today. First of all, Mackenzie, thanks for being back with us. Yes, thank you for having me. And Christy, it's been a long time coming. I've been trying to get you on the show for a while now, and finally, finally broke you down to, to get you on the show, so welcome. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, we're, we're really glad to have you. Got a lot to talk about today. Um, uh, I want to start by just talking a little bit about your family. Tell the folks, uh, you know, where you grew up and uh, a little bit about your parents. I grew up till I was about 10 here in Cookville and then moved to Texas. My mom and dad um, went to high school here and in elementary school um, and uh my dad was Otis Phillips. My mom is Linda Crawford. And uh, both my families have been here for generations. Uh, my great-grandfather was sheriff, police chief, fire chief, <laughs> um, Citizens Conservation Corps, and ran the cavalry out where Chuck Johnson's has their nursery uh, garden center now. There used to be the Calvary Barn out there. So i uh, been around Cookville for forever. And it's funny, when you move away, even though I was 10 – all the people that I went to elementary school still have it in their memories that I was here through high school. Hmm. And I have to remind them, no, I left. Um, but moved to Texas when I was 10. And then uh, moved back after I graduated college. My parents had gotten divorced. And so my mom and my sister and I moved out. And then my dad remarried and uh, Cindy. And then we, I have Parker, Emily, and Hunter um, as my brothers and sister. Uh, so there's five of us Dad would always people would just drop their chins when he said he had five kids. But <laughs> um, so that was a, that was the five of us. Um, and Beth, of course, she's a teacher over at Prescott Middle School uh, with with Tara. Yep. And um, yeah, and I've been back here. I When I moved back here, I only did it. To make my grandparents happy. Um, I thought I would come back. I loved Austin. Absolutely loved everything about Austin, Texas, and wanted to stay there. But it was very expensive and is still very expensive to live there. And I had student loans and, and all the things. So I thought, well, I'll come back and work at Tennessee Tech. Bob Bell was my first boss mm. and offered me my first job. And I said, well, I'll come back and work here for a couple of years. And then I'll go back, pay off my student loans and go back to Austin. And that was more than several years ago. <laughs> I've been back here ever since. Don't so, want to go into that, do you? Um, but I'm really glad I did because I got to be here with all four of my grandparents um, before they all four passed. And all of my brothers and sisters are either here or two of my brothers are in, in or my two brothers are in Nashville and my sisters are both here. So um, Cindy is here. My mother is just over in Teleco Village in Lenore City. So everyone is within a very close proximity. So um, it was very well worth coming back and staying. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about, you were 10 years old, so that's old enough to remember a lot of things. So initially when when you left Cookville and you moved down to Austin, what what do you remember as being a, a big difference from going to a smaller town like Cookville into a, a larger town like Austin? Well, actually we moved to Dallas, so even okay. bigger than Austin. Um, and it was just everything. In Texas, everything, it, it's not a cliche. It is truth. Everything is bigger in Texas. And and by that, I mean like spread out. Mm -hmm. It takes an hour just to drive 
from one side of Dallas to the other side of Dallas, another hour to drive between Dallas and Fort Worth, and then another hour to drive on the other side of Fort Worth. And we were in Grapevine, which at the time was in the middle of nowhere. And now it's part of it because that's where the Gaylord um, Hotel is, where Mm -hmm. the uh, college, college football selection committee meets every year for to Huge. decide yeah frisco is just down the road now where the uh, fcs championship is so grapevine has become this sleepy little nothing town near the airport to in the middle of everything um and we were the grapevine mustangs and i remember at the time i really wanted to go to smu um <laughs> because cookville was and still is a quaint small not a cosmopolitan town and Dallas was everything cosmopolitan to me at that time in, in my childhood. Um, the Galleria, you know, all the all the big buildings, just all of it, all the cars, there were just all the people. And I wanted to go to SMU so bad I couldn't stand it. Um until I found out how much it cost. And then uh Texas had a rule at the time that if you were in the top ten percent of your class, you got accepted to any state institution, public institution that you wanted to go to. So uh, I had been a Longhorn fan, um, and so I quickly became a Longhorn and uh, didn't regret it at, at all after I made that decision. But, yeah, Dallas was just – it was just very – it was just a different world um, than than being – but at the same time, because Grapevine was kind of out in the middle of nowhere, there were some similarities in being a small town and, and knowing everybody and – you know, you think about the the Gen X memes that we see now about how we survived our childhoods where you left, you didn't come back home till the streetlights were on, you drank out of a water hose, you played in <laughs> construction sites, you know, all those things are true. I didn't know what a bicycle helmet was till I was way into my adult years and kids are wearing and adults now too, but we didn't have those when I was a kid. So Yeah, there's a lot of differences yeah. <laughs> between now and then. So so you made your way to Austin by way of Dallas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you you get to Austin. You apparently had a very good high school academic oh, yeah. background yeah. That, that allowed you to be able to do that. Uh, what's what's well, you hear this all the time? You know, there's a lot of comparisons between Austin and Nashville. What is it about Austin that you loved or love? I love. Well, I mean, I love the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but Austin is a town, and then, and of course, it's been a couple of decades since I lived there. Um, so I know it's changed a whole lot. But at, at the time, live music, you could just walk down, you know, it, it was Fifth Street and now it's different. Now Fifth Street's really just kind of like, it's like Broadway. It's more of just mm-hmm. a tourist thing. But at the time, and actually across the street, I was a college of communication major. I majored in public relations. And the building in the college is where they film Austin City Limits. And mm-hmm. it always amazes me that people say, well, I thought they filmed that outside somewhere. And I'm like, no, that was a set in my college. And Stevie Ray Vaughan played there. And um, there was a place literally called A Hole in the Wall. And it was across the street from the college. And it was a dive bar. And my dorm was on the other corner. And it was amazing the people that would come in there and play. And um, La Lovett played. And just there were so many people that played at Austin City Limits. And at the time... 30-something years ago, 
it wasn't what it is now. So being a student volunteer, being a student intern, you got to stand there and watch these people. And you didn't realize until you got older what mm-hmm. you were witnessing. Um, and then they have Barton Springs, which is a naturally fed spring in the middle of the city is a naturally fed spring in Zilker Park. And it's the quality of life, I guess. And it's how people that live in Austin, how seriously they take their quality of life. So the walking paths around Town Lake and the bats that live under the Congress Street Bridge. I love bats. Mm-hmm. And so just all the I guess it's really the quality of life stuff um, about Austin that just really made me love it. And you know, uh, I asked my sister lives in Austin. Oh, no, I forgot. I that. Absolutely. loves it. And for the same reasons yeah. that you're talking about there, but made a and, huge impact on your life. And of course, at center of that is uh, the University of Texas. And I'd be crazy, you know, not to mention this right now. And by the way, we're talking to Christy Phillips, who is the director of annual giving uh, for the athletics program over at Tennessee Tech. So there is a sports connection here that, that we'll continue to talk about a little bit. But uh, just this last week, that you had a big game with uh, Texas, I've, I heard a little bit about. Well, and so to con- before I get to that, but to continue <laughs> the Austin thing, though, um, and then my dad, uh, who played high school football here in Cookville and then played at Tennessee Tech, one of his best friends in the world is was Mac Brown, mm-hmm. and Mac was a coach at the University of Texas for about I think it was about sixteen years, and um, we would go every year. Mac was very he was he is a very very gracious and very kind person, and never forgot where he came from. So he always invited his best friends from high school, Donnie Davidson, Otis Phillips, Ralph Mullins, always invited us out to a game, and the first year they went. They took their sons, and I threw a (laughs) literal fit. And the next year, Dad took me, and Mac made a joke about it. He said, why weren't you here last year? And I said, because apparently it was father, son, blah, blah, blah. So Mac said, you know what? Sally and I will give you a ride back to the hotel or to the car. Um, Your dad and those guys, they can walk. You know, they can. can." And so they did. They gave me a ride back to, to the car, and it was just really great. But we went every year, which made me have a whole other perspective of Austin and my school and my program because when I went, we weren't any good in football. Mm-hmm. I was in the Makovic years and the I forgot the other guy's name, but we were not good. And so to go there when Mac was there and creating traditions and making it a big deal and what it is now um, was just huge. And so this past weekend, not only did Texas um, go into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama, but Mac one beat Appalachian State. It took double overtime, but he did it. So um, it was a very, it was very good. And dad, dad was going to see Mac now at UNC. He and Ralph and Diane Murphy would go out and see Mac at his games at UNC. So it was a very good weekend uh, sports wise for, for my soul and my family. So, yeah. Yeah. And of course you've alluded to your dad a couple of times. Of course, I think we mentioned it in the very beginning, but the, the Otis Phillips, um, I can't even, he's been on my show four times, I think. I have two of the recordings. My brother found them um, and put them all up for for the siblings, and I've made sure and downloaded them so I can go and listen to them whenever I want to. Yeah, Austin passed away, yeah. or Otis passed away um, not too long ago. Um, just a integral part of our community, and it was well chronicled, you know, uh, after he passed away, or before he passed away, actually, but you know, what he's meant to Tennessee Tech and what he's meant to this community, not only Tennessee Tech, but this community in general. And it, it, you got to be proud. I know you always have oh, been yeah. proud, but just incredibly proud of what your father has meant to our community here. 
um, at our the tech football reunion that we have every year. I think it's 30. I think this was the 33rd year that we've we've had it. And dad's been involved in it, I think, since the very beginning. And I have for almost as long um, before I actually came to work in the Department of Athletics. But um, I made a comment that I told Tommy Pemberton, who's also a fellow football alum and a very good friend of dad's, that I just wanted to make my dad proud. And he said, you do that every day by who you are. Well, thanks there. Listen, we're going to really continue that topic when we get back. We're going to have to take a quick break. We're with Christy Phillips from Tennessee Tech University Athletics Department. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks, and I'm talking to Christy Phillips from over at Tennessee Tech, the athletic department. And uh, we were talking a little bit about your dad when we went to the break and what he's meant to this community. And uh, I want you to kind of pick up right there and really lead into, uh, you know, what has transpired uh, in the last two years that uh, Otis had his finger on, really, and helped really guide Tennessee Tech into uh, the need um, for some facilities over at the university. Well, one of the things that my dad was most proud of uh, was the TSSAA uh, football championships that came here. And he was part of of that committee that helped go to Nashville and make the um, presentation and and bring those to Cookville. And he was so proud of it. And he hated it when we lost it. And part of part of that was facilities. So not only for Tennessee Tech football, but for the events and things that this community can attract and so dad actually played. He was a junior, and it was the Civitan Bowl. And uh, Watson Brown was quarterback. He was a senior. Uh, Kevin Tucker was a senior. Dad, Mac, Ralph, Donnie, they were all juniors. And they played in the Civitan Bowl. And it was one of the very first games played in Tucker Stadium. And it wasn't even called Tucker Stadium yet at that mm-hmm. point. Um, but it had just been built. And dad would always say for the last several years, dad would say, and nothing's been done to it since other than they put in the turf. Um, So it just really broke his heart that over the years that that stadium had not changed. And it was really to a point now where it it's not a good usable space for student athletes to attract talent, talented student athletes to our. Let let me just just add this to you go to Tennessee Tech right now. It is an absolutely gorgeous university. And the only eyesore left that I can see, and, and we just recently took Hallie over there for her visit, my daughter. Uh, the only thing left that needs to be, you know, redone is it's the, the stadium. stadium. Yeah. And and Dad would talk about that. He was so proud. You know, the engineering building, he, he, he was 
he was a supporter of of the new Ashraf Islam Engineering Building that's going up, and um, the College of Business is undergoing renovation. And President Oldham is doing a beautiful job with the interior uh, green space that they're creating. It, it's absolutely. I walk there every night with my dog, mm-hmm. um, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And there's students sitting out, you know, everywhere at night under the on Centennial Plaza, and they have the cool chairs, and and it's really just a great space. But yes, the the stadium, and so. Um, Prior to the stadium, but in addition to tandem projects, the stadium and the football operations center and the football operations center would serve to house locker room and meeting rooms and um, sports medicine and those kind of things. And it would be uh, right next to the athletic performance center, which is a large weight room that all of our student athletes use. But you would also have one. um, I believe they were still going to have one also in the new FOC. So you take some burden off of Matt Hewitt and his staff trying to schedule everybody into one weight room. You have sports medicine then, which is right there next to the athletic performance center. So just attracting good talent, attracting um, the kind of student athletes that we want here, because we have a great academic program. When we bring our students to campus and show them our campus and their parents and the support that we give them academically, they are awed. Um, we don't even want to show them our facilities if they're football because they're just, you just don't want them to see it. Yeah. So yeah, those were two really things he was very passionate about um, in the last several years. And he, he spearheaded the uh, fundraising effort um, and just the information effort to get out to folks about how important for the community, not just for the university, but what we can attract as a community to have those spaces. It's, it's been well documented. Not, not only that, but for almost 30 years <laughs> prior to that, uh, just every little thing that the football team and the university, you know, needed, they could rely on him yeah. to financially support it. So it's not just recent in what he's been able to bring in with not only a stadium, that's got a lot of notoriety because it's going to be exceptional, yeah. you know, when it's done. But the years before that has been uh, his support of, of tech has just been incredible. I mean, you're the director of annual giving. What do you do in that job? So, Actually, I'm the director of annual giving and stewardship, and then I throw in that I'm also the alumni, the alumni events person, special events person, um, and all those kind of things. But it all centers back to annual giving, as as you stated. And I often explain if you're really good at what you do, you don't have to ask. So what I try to do through annual giving, um, and we do have where we do solicitations. We ask people for their annual gift. You know, Sam, you gave last year. Will you give again this year? We, we do those kind of things. Those are traditional. But we also have alumni events because if you can connect an alum back to their program, back to their sport, back to the things that – because then Sam can tell you as a former football player – as the years go on, the stories get bigger and you were so much better and that throw was 20 <laughs> yards longer um, and and they tend to love their alma mater more and more the longer they get away from it. So if you can connect them back, then they ask you, hey, what can I do to help? You know, what can I do to make a difference? And we get that all the time. And not only with football, we do that with women's basketball. Coach Kim Roseman has done a huge mm-hmm. effort um, in really bringing back some of the traditions of, of Coach Bill Worrell, who was just, who is just an icon and set so many records and standards. Um, soccer this weekend the 1998 soccer team is celebrating a big OVC anniversary and we're bringing back some of their alumni so we always try to find things we had softball alumni in last weekend that played with our current team and did an alumni game and they had an absolute ball so if you can connect alumni back to the institution and back to their programs then they feel like they want to do something to help because they remember being that student athlete and being in that situation 
And I mean, going on with that, what are some of the things that people can do to help Tennessee Tech? And also, where does that money go to? <laughs> so every dollar, if Sam Brooks writes a check to the football program, every mm-hmm. dollar of that check goes to the football program. If Christy Phillips writes one to the women's soccer program, every dollar goes to the women's soccer program. Um, and that's important to us because we want those teams to know and those coaches to know that if I as an alum or Sam as an alum or whoever, you know, wants to support a program that they get our full support. But in addition to writing a check, um, coming out and being at reunion weekends and bringing your buddies back to reunion weekends, because the more, you know, well, I'm going to go, why aren't you going to go? So helping it's a, this is a cliche and it's, and it's kind of a, a, a tired one, but it's still very true. Your time, your talent, and your treasure. And those are three ways that you can be charitable. Um, and you can apply that to any anything, not just annual giving. But So you can volunteer. Um, you can give your money. So time and treasure. And your talent, if you're good at something. If you are good at, at being a people person or going out and making presentations, you can help make the presentations. Wayne, and, Wayne Cravens is doing um, a fantastic job at helping make. And he's taken over kind of in what my dad was doing in making the case for why we need the new stadium, the football operations center. So using his talent at connecting with people um, is is a very important way to help. So there's always something you can do to be a part of, of your former program, your alma mater. We're going to cue in on a couple of those things um, after we come back from the break. But something you said that sticks out, and we have about 45 seconds, so um, – it is important to connect them back to the alumni because you're out in the world and you're doing your thing. And most people will start families and they'll, they'll go, you know, the kids will get a little older and then the time comes when they can devote a little bit of time. So I imagine that's got to be important to the whole process for you. Absolutely. We have Ronnie Sidler who uh, played way back in the day and every year he comes back. And I know that we right now we're in the middle of still redoing football tickets and, um, he had just gotten busy and hadn't done it. And I can just pop off in a text message, hey, Ronnie, are you going to renew this year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry I haven't done that. So, yeah, making those connections um, is is critical. And and they build. They build every year. We talked about this year with the football reunion weekend, how many younger alumni we had and how that's yeah. a growing thing. And, and I said this weekend with softball, as younger, as current players see these things going on and are a part of them, then they want to come back because it's a tradition for them. And so we're helping to create that. We're talking to Christy Phillips, Director of Annual Giving for Athletics over at Tennessee Tech. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks. Christy Phillips here today in the hot seat talking a little bit about giving at Tennessee Tech on the athletics side. And uh, Mackenzie's posed a few nice questions for you there. That She has. You, you she's can, done an excellent job. You can tell she's interested in your area of work. Um, but let's let's get a little more specific on uh, something that Otis had his his hand in really uh, making better and making more uh, open and obtainable and attendable um, is the uh, reunion weekend. It used to just be called uh, you know the the football golf tournament, <laughs> um, and along the way, uh, Otis became. Uh, the commission, or I guess you would call it the, the committee leader, chair, committee chair, leader of that group, yeah. commissioner, if you will. Um, <laughs> he would the, laugh at that. At that time, we well, we there was a little thing we had going there that he, he did. He mentioned that all the time, but um, he was able to to really create the opportunity for those uh, 
players to come back every summer and it be more of a, a reunion mm-hmm. and, and not just a golf tournament, but something that was special. And we know that because it started to turn into uh, to several players that don't even play golf uh, end up coming back and, and being a part of the weekend. And you've really made it a part of the process to offer them uh, opportunities while they're here in Cookville that weekend to do other things um, besides golf. Um, you've been involved in this entire process and you've been just, just about as important to the process as anybody. And I think you, you know, having Otis as your father, knowing how important that was to him, gave you the ability to help build that. So for me, it was like when I was here at Tennessee tech, um, you know, I, I thought I was uh, peanut butter and the crackers together with it. And, and a, as a student athlete, when you come from high school, you know, you're, they want you to be here. They recruit you and, and you feel like you are something special. You're, you're a, a little fish in a big pond when you get here, but you go back through the same process. And, and I think for a lot of student athletes, and I'm, I'm not very proud to say this, it's about what can Tennessee Tech do for me? You know, as a student athlete, I soon learned when I got out what Tennessee Tech did for me. And then you turn that around and you become a lot more appreciative of Tennessee Tech and you start understanding what a a great university Tennessee Tech is sitting right here in your own backyard. I mean, my mom worked at Tennessee Tech for 30 years and it was the second home for me. So I I didn't know that. Um, And I've since learned, and that's why I've tried to pour back into it. And you mentioned time. Time's the one thing, you know, I have to give um, uh, more so than maybe some others. And and, uh, I've tried to pour that back in. And and for me, it's football and and that that reunion weekend. But you've been, and Otis have been very influential, instrumental in getting that going. One of the things that that I think, and, and you said, you know, not very proud. It's what can Tennessee Tech do for me? But I just, I think more than anything, that's a product of where they are at that point in their life. Um, I don't think it, you know, means that they're necessarily selfish or unappreciative. Although we may look at it and see it that way, but that's just where they are in their life. And you think back to when you were eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, and what was the most important thing for you? And then I think about when my dad was eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. He had a kid. Yeah. Um, being a married student athlete was much more common in the early 70s than it, than it is now. And we all lived over Jim Youngblood, Jim Bishop, Dad. We all lived over in Tech Village and mm-hmm. they all had kids. And we all played together. So and he was a walk on. He wasn't recruited. Um, he walked on and earned his earned his athletic aid while being an engineering major, mm-hmm. of, you know, incredibly and having a child. So um, I think it was just something that was really important for him to do to be a part of. Uh, and then, yes, I, I think he always talked about, and I, I know he did in his Hall of Fame speech last year, that as you get out and you look back and you think and you are able to reflect about how great it was, because you don't really necessarily appreciate it while you're in it. But once you get out and you look back and you go, wow, this was that was a really great time. And what we want to do with the reunion is because dad didn't play golf. He hated it. He's like, I don't have the patience <laughs> for golf. Um, but he enjoyed sitting around and talking to all the guys. And, and we've seen more and more of that. And then we've added, you know, with with you, you and your connections and things, we have a Thursday night, you know, kind of gathering now. And it's just growing. And we want it to be that. And we want it to be that for all the sports I have. Um, Every sport comes to me and says, well, your favorite is football. And I'm like, I, I've maybe, but I've also been with football reunion weekend for almost 30 years because yeah. I was doing it with my dad 
when he was just bringing beer and dropping it off on the porch and we would sit and hang out at Ironwood back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, but now I want it for all the sports, you know, I, I want all the sports to have that kind of connection and build that kind of tradition. Um, and so we, we work, I work really hard at, at helping them create what football has been able to create, but it took them 30 years, you know, to get there, but it, it is a really great weekend. Um, this year was really special for me. It was going to be really hard, but it ended up being really special. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and they're just a great bunch of guys. Well, you know, uh, to further help you to understand, you know, when I graduated, it, I started getting that appreciation, right? But when I served with your dad on the TSAA, uh, I got to see a man lead a team. And that was just incredible, you know, for me. And then after that, he asked me to be a part of the reunion weekend, and and I, I could I could sense and feel that he was bringing me closer, you know, to it. But I started to really realize the amount that he has given back, and, and I don't mean amount in terms of money, yet definitely money, but his time and his time as a person who was running a major business, you know, at that time, and, and he still found time to to give to the program. And be able to make that work for him too, and and that's when I really got an appreciation for what time. And you know, every time you talk about fundraising and giving, you also talk about time. And and maybe some people aren't as financially able to give as much, but they they do have the ability to give time. So that's where it, that's where it worked for me. But sitting and watching him for the two years for the TSAA, and then the five years previous of me, you know, taking over that uh, leadership role was a great learning experience for me and appreciation for what had been given to him. Yeah. And you got to be proud of that. Oh, absolutely. And one of the other things that I mentioned it this year at the, at the reunion weekend is, you know, Watson would call him up and he said, I got three kids. I got to keep here this summer. Um, you got anything that they can do and he would employ him. And it wasn't one of these, you know, cushy, Oh, you're working quote unquote. If you could see me, I'm doing air quotes. No, these guys were, on beer trucks at 3 a.m. out delivering product or they were in the warehouse stocking or they were it was hard um and there's three or four guys that um i still talk to um ronnie siddler and dante gay and jerry Mm -hmm. king um and they're all incredibly successful personally and you ask any one of them you know how they got their start and they would say probably watson and audis um, as far as football at tennessee tech and then and then audits for uh, work ethic and, and job stuff. So he was really proud of being able to give that as well. It was very much they, you teach, you give a man a fish and he eats for a day. You teach a man to fish and, you know, he can eat for a lifetime. And this was quoted last night, too, at our Leaders for Life seminar that Diane Murphy um, hosts every semester. Um, and it's true. And I think Dad was really very much a believer in that philosophy of um, teaching what he knew and giving it giving that knowledge so that it could continue, so that it would be perpetual. Um, if you remember, he only did TWSAA as the chair for two years. Mm-hmm. He wanted to see that leadership continue to grow and change, and he served as a volunteer. He came back every year, and he set that standard so that Philip Baker would come back, and, <laughs> and he did. And so all the chairs after him came back and volunteered as well. And so um, he was all about setting that example and and giving that knowledge and sharing what he could um, whenever he could, he just, he, he wanted to, to do good. He didn't get to where he got to by, um, taking the easy way out and, and the kids that worked for him in the summer, he didn't want them to have a false belief that that's what it was. 
And so he was always teaching. He wasn't a teacher, but he was. Yes. He was always teaching. And, and I think he really enjoyed that part of it. And, and that's. Oh, he, I learned from him every day. I, I called him. I talked about that. I always ask questions of him and ask for his advice. And I'm a grown adult, or I like to think I'm a grown adult. Yeah, yeah. Football has so many different fundraisers, and they've just made such a good bonding. I mean, what do you have in store for all the other sports? I mean, how are you going to help with other sports making that type of bond? So women's basketball has biscuits and basketball, and they're maintaining their tradition. And this is their fourth, I think it's their fourth year. It's Coach Kim brought it um, – began it when she came here as as head coach and uh, the biscuits and basketball is the first chance to get to see the team and people come out and chick-fil-a is a fantastic supporter of the event ben prine and we have biscuits and we have basketball and then we also have the maintain the tradition fundraiser which raises about thirty five thousand dollars for the women's basketball program um, and that's a huge huge thing for them um, and so we do uh, baseball has when coach braga was here before he had um, this hundred inning game, and now that he's come back, he he still does it, and that raises a, around between thirty and forty thousand. It just kind of depends um, on the year, and that's a huge thing for them. And we started last year the first pitch banquet for baseball, um, and it wasn't a fundraiser; it was just a celebration of their hundredth anniversary. But it brought back so many alumni who had not been back ever or since they graduated and so building off of that we had a couple of alumni say hey we want to have a golf tournament or hey we want to do this and I'm like I'm all here for it just let me know what you want to do and I'll help you out so whatever they're interested in because I can't make you do something you don't want to do or you don't think it's going to be fun but if you give me the idea that you want to do I will do everything in my power um and probably things I'm not supposed to, to help make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christy, it's been great having you on the show. We're going to have to bring you back. Absolutely. Again, I'd love to. It's gone really fast. It has. So You uh, said it would, and I didn't believe you. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll bring you back in the future, but thanks for... Mackenzie, uh, thank you so much. Those were great questions. <laughs> yes. Yeah, great questions, Mackenzie. And uh, we, we'll do it again. Absolutely. And, and thanks for taking time out of your day to come over and hang out with us and Really enjoyed the conversation. Me too. You have, Thank you. You mean so much more than you know to Tennessee <laughs> Tech Athletics. I know you get told that a little bit, but it's so true. And we appreciate all that you do for uh, those students over there and the athletics in general. And I want to thank you guys for joining us again today. And we'll see you next time on Local Matters Sports.